0: So, uh, last week we started our, uh, our time of Advent looking at the word awake. And we were reminded that we are called to be a people stepping out of darkness, staying in the light, um, and not causing ourselves to allow our eyes to grow heavy, because as we return to darkness... It becomes more like night time. We start to feel tired and we return to slumber. But we're not called to have eyes that are closed. We're called to have eyes that are open, eyes that look for what God is doing so that we get to join in with that. We're called to be, if you will, in a perpetual state of Advent. God calls us, like I said, he calls us out of that darkness and he puts us in to the light causing us to stay awake, to watch and wait for his return. And today, we're going to go for a a, a watchword of be glad. And as we lit the Advent uh, candles today, uh, we were reminded God delights in us. He delights in you. He calls you uh, out of sorrow, and he brings you into joy. Out of sadness, turns you from darkness to light. And in the same way that I asked last week to you concentrate on awake, what does that mean? What comes to your mind? Can I ask you this morning the same, but about be glad? What comes to your mind when you think be glad? we go to the Oxford Dictionary, then we see some alternative words that can be kind of brought along with gladness, being glad, like being pleased, or, or being delighted, or uh, if we kind of use the word in a slightly different way, then grateful, or, or willing, or eager to be involved in something. In the same way, you might say, oh, I was glad of an opportunity. And when we dig into the origin of this word, uh, the Old English is glaed, Um, so G-L-A-E-D, glaed. And it's kind of, meaning really is about, uh, it's more bright and shining. Um, It's kind of got uh, Germanic roots to it, Um, but the Old Norse as well, um, I don't know how to say this properly, but... Glather, G-L-A-T-H-R, is bright and joyous, okay? So as we go to the origins of the word, as well as what we think about it today a little bit, it's very much related to light, okay? About shining, about brightness. And when you have that twist on that, does it change what maybe you were thinking before when I said what comes to mind? When I say be glad. See, to be in a state of gladness, it brings about feelings of bliss. It brings about being cheery, being happy, being joyful, having good spirits, being in good spirits. And it also has that that take of being blessed. Okay? Uh, blessedness. And another word for that, of course, is beatitude. And that's where I kind of feel we're going to go for most of today, beginning of Matthew chapter 5, as Jesus begins his sermon on the mount. And so I'm just going to read the start of chapter 5 to us. So if you've got your Bible and you want to open that up, great. Um, If you've got your phone and it's on there, by all means, bring that up. Um, And as we're talking through... Uh, today and you want to be commenting in the, in the comments and, and having a kind of a side chat to what was going on, by all means engage in that as well. Um, completely okay with all that. So beginning of Matthew chapter 5, when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up to the mountains and others, he sat down. His disciples came to him and then he began to speak and he taught them saying, blessed are the poor in spirit. Of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those, blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For the same way, they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Just as a, a slight side note, um, one of my kind of favourite modern day authors is is Tom Wright, being the good Anglican that I am, and you know everyone who's Anglican loves Tom Wright. So I, I encourage you to read it, and and, and you know a lot of good Lutheranism. Uh, within it as well. You know, he's a perfectly great theologian, and he translates that blessed are. Instead, he uses the words wonderful news for. Okay, there is wonderful news for all of those uh, different beatitudes uh, that are listed. See, the Sermon on the Mount, many people describe it as Jesus' manifesto. Okay, um, I don't think that's got quite the same kick <laughs> here in the U.S. as it does in England. Um, when I think manifesto, I think political party trying to get my vote. Uh <laughs> and, and in England, you get a big wad of a manifesto that tells you everything that they're going to do if they, if they get into power. I've not quite seen the same thing here in the U.S. in terms of the manifesto but it's what people stand for, okay? And in terms of a proclamation, a statement of the way of the kingdom, I can see and affirm the Beatitudes as that. But in terms of a policy or or a strategy or even a philosophy, then I I can't get behind that. I can't say that that would be the way of Jesus because as we saw earlier in previous seasons series when we looked at the topsy-turvy nature of, of, of the kingdom, we know it's very much different, that really the world is upside down to the way it should be, as opposed to the kingdom being upside down. Um, it doesn't compare as it should. So these blessings which Jesus speaks of, this this wonderful news that Jesus is proclaiming, it's... It's how things are in his kingdom, not how things are right now on earth. The Beatitudes aren't a timeless truth. They're not not something that is, is being provided for us as a blueprint of how to live our lives right now in order to be blessed. Why? Because we are already blessed. We are children of God. And when Jesus is saying here that Blessed are the peacemakers, Uh, blessed are the meek. He's not not saying that's what you need to be in order to inherit. He's saying regardless of what happens here on earth, you have wonderful news. But how do you experience this wonderful news? Yeah, what is this, this, this good news, this gospel? What is it? How do we experience it? Verses 3 and verses 10, they kind of, they speak of it being manifested in heaven. Okay, in verse 12, specifically, at the end there, says, Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. Be glad, because your reward is great in heaven. But there's a big misunderstanding, a huge load of false teaching, that has happened and some that still goes on today, and we've got to speak against that. Okay, heaven isn't far away, heaven isn't some other place that we get to go to when we die. Okay, heaven is the kingdom of God. Matthew says, the kingdom of heaven um, is his translation of the of that same thing. And heaven. This kingdom is at hand. It's now. What is the kingdom? It's the realm of God. It's a place where Christ is already uh, fully and completely king. A place, like I said, that's not far from here. It's not a million miles away. It's as Jesus said, at hand. It's a place that is breaking in. The coming of the kingdom—that's the time in which we live. That is Advent. It's not fully arrived. No, it hasn't fully arrived, but it is here. I don't know why, but I just got the thought of the uh, the train service in England. <laughs> it's on the way we don't know when it's going to get here <laughs> yeah, the schedule says this time but well you know let's let's not con- let's not guarantee that you know if the beatitudes were a thing for now if they were meant to be now if they were a promise a timeless truth then jesus got it wrong that's what they were Jesus got it wrong. And Jesus doesn't get things wrong, so if that's not what they are, what are they? Well, if we look at heaven as being a place where heaven and earth get to join together, um, this this becoming new, this becoming one, we know we're going to have a new heaven and a new earth. Well, if we think of it in that way, this new heaven and this new earth where where the new earth is transformed by heaven coming in and alongside and returning, or returning or being transformed to this new, but it's actually as old as time because it's the initial design for God that this new earth is going to be as he originally intended it. A realm where God, Is in control. A reign where Jesus is the king of all things as he is now, but where he is recognized in all things by all things. See, if we look around ourselves, we get to see today pockets of the kingdom. You know? I had a kind of image of cracks in the world. And if you know, if you ever had a crack on your windscreen, then it grows, right? And it gets bigger, and it gets bigger. And then you get to the point where you have to replace it. Well, these cracks are in this world. The kingdom is breaking in, and those cracks are getting bigger, and they're getting bigger, and they're getting bigger. The brightness is coming in. It's becoming um, just so glorious to look at. And as I was driving here this morning, as the sun was coming up, um, I was blinded a couple of times because of where the sun was. And I was like, I can't see. That's what it's going to be like. That's the glorious nature of the kingdom breaking in. Fully intense visual of the kingdom. Overwhelming the ways of this world. Blessed are those who follow the ways of Jesus, who live in to the ways of Jesus. Remember, Tom Wright says, wonderful news for those who follow Jesus. The point is that we're his disciples, okay? And and as his disciples, we're called to be living in this world in a way that doesn't make sense to this world, but makes sense to the kingdom. Okay, the kingdom that is to come, not the kingdoms of this day and age, of which there are many. And it's a reminder that as children of God, we are constantly on the front line. We are constantly living in this state of Advent. We hear this wonderful news. We rejoice. We get to be glad in it. And we get to receive our reward. But our reward isn't only after we've left this world. Our reward is now. Our reward is that we get to live in his kingdom as it is breaking in. And when it fully comes in that time which has yet to be decided, yet to be established fully. Christmas is only around the corner, yes. And now because of that, I'm reminded a little bit of some of that story as I was preparing this message. And I thought about the shepherds in the field. I thought about Luke chapter 2. I thought about the the carol while shepherds uh, watch their flock by night. And the fact that the angel came, glad tidings they brought for all, not just the shepherds who heard the words, but glad tidings. We're talking about what it is to be glad. The angels brought those glad tidings, that good news, that joy for the whole world. See, being glad is all about good news. That's it. I've got to give a message in one sentence today. But you see, good news, good news, we're talking, when you think good news in the world, maybe you think in some little g, little g, good news. We're talking about capital G, good news. Don't settle for the little g's. Don't settle for, um, I don't know, a sports team achievement or a work promotion. Don't settle for having a prominent place in society, or a nice house. That's about things that are for the way of this world, not the way of the kingdom. They're not the way of Jesus. Blessed are those who live in the ways of the Lord. True gladness, it's not something that we can measure. It's not something that we can buy. It's, it doesn't come from earthly possessions. It doesn't come from privilege or from prize. It can only be found in one place, and that place is Christ Jesus. That is the only place you can be truly glad. Because wherever we declare Jesus to be Lord there we will see his kingdom. That's when the cracks get bigger. That's when they appear, when more light bursts through and when the darkness is expunged. See, as his church, we are called to be on that front line. We are called to be pushing the kingdom. We are called to be seeing the kingdom more evidently, pushing those boundaries, um, expanding that kingdom. That's the the responsibility of the church. That's the work of the church to be actively engaging, not just praying for his kingdom to come on earth as it is in heaven. And that should be a big key to all that stuff that I just said before. Heaven is where God reigns. Where in your life Does God reign there you will see heaven where he does not where you haven't yet given it to him where you're holding on and trying to be Lord and King yourself you're not going to see heaven because heaven is everywhere we want it to be where we see it and we declare it and where we declare it there is the right and truthful king sat on his throne to jump slightly to Jeremiah 33, verse 11. That reads that the voice of mirth and the voice of gladness and the voice of the bridegroom and the voice of the bride, these voices sing. They give thank offering to the Lord. Give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. His steadfast love endures forever. For I will restore the fortunes of this land says the Lord. We, the church, we're Christ's bride. Okay? And that just says there's voices of mirth and voices of gladness. Well, what's a voice of mirth? Well, that's kind of like amusement. Right? It's, it's overwhelming joy. It's overwhelming, uncontrollable laughter. That's a great picture, isn't it? And the voice of gladness which is singing out thanksgivings to the Lord. His love endures forever. But not only does his love endure forever, he will establish that which he has promised. And that is that this land will be returned to that which he intends it to be. That's what that just says. I will restore the fortunes of this land. what he promises will come to pass when the time is right. Heaven and earth will become one. We will see here on earth as it is in heaven, the fullness of Christ's reign. Give thanks, that says. Be glad. Know God's love. Know that it endures forever. And by that, that means it's timeless. Okay, it's timeless, it's continual. It, it's outside even of time itself. Yes, it's going to go forward forever, but it also goes back forever to before even creation. What he says, what he promises will come to pass because his great, because of his great, great faithfulness. A couple of references to some psalms as we're really getting into the, the go for gladness and how to be glad. Got Psalm 4, verse 7, which reads, You have put gladness in my heart more than when there's grain and wine abound. Yeah. I don't know about how many of you, but a tipple of wine makes me glad. Okay, I love a tipple of wine. But how much more do I love God's gladness in my heart? It abounds far greater than that glass of wine. Psalm 100 verse 2. Worship the Lord with gladness, coming to his presence with a song. How many of you enjoy singing praises? How many of you feel that difference in your body as you, as you change the position that you are in to sing. So during worship, uh, worship song, worship earlier, I was, I was engaged in a, in a full, I stood, you know, I was, I was, I was, but then I felt a posture change needed, and I sat, and I prayed, and I allowed the words to wash over me, because it's not just about doing what everyone else does, or what you feel is. The, 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 the response that you should have. No, it's about responding as God is calling you to respond. So if you, feel, if you feel you need to kneel, find space to kneel. If you feel you need to dance, then dance up and down the aisle. You know? I've joked with Paul before about having a box of these shakers out so people can really engage in worship in a different way. You know? I say I've joked with Paul. Sometimes I'm slightly more than joking and I'm a little bit serious But there's those ways in which we get to respond to him in worship. And then in Psalm 118, verse 24, this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Let's be glad in it. Because to be glad connects 100% with being awake, which we looked at last week. 100%. It's, It's about holding on to this this reminder that Christ is King. About, about, yes, looking back as we are in Advent to the, the incarnation, to the, to the birth of the Christ child, because that's important. But that needs to make way for his crucifixion and resurrection, because that is essential. It's essential. And as the writer to the, to the Hebrews puts it at the end of chapter four, uh, he says, let us therefore approach the throne of grace with boldness so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in times of need. Okay, to help in times of need. The time is now. The kingdom of God is at hand and the time of need is now. You just have to look around to see that need. Everywhere you turn, you will see This tension, God's kingdom breaking in, a need that only God's kingdom breaking in can meet. It's breaking in and it's going to have its full arrival. We live in a state of Advent. We're to be a people of Advent, not just at this time of year, but always. We need to hold on and we need to treasure this truth that the kingdom is coming. It's been coming since that first Easter morning when Jesus was raised from the dead as the first fruits of the new creation. God is in that business of newly creating heaven and earth. It's coming. It's on its way. It's getting closer and closer every day. So let's keep praying, but let's be actively engaging in your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. It's a great word that sums up a lot of Advent for me, is Maranatha. Come, Lord Jesus. Maranatha. Okay, that's what we're praying That's what we're seeking. That's what we are waiting for. That's what we are glad for and because of. Let's pray. Father, we are incredibly thankful that you sent your son to earth to be born in a manger. But we know, Lord, that The plan goes far, far beyond that. His earthly ministry and all that teaches us, we are thankful for. But we are most thankful for His time on the cross, for His battle with death, and for His eradicating sin. Help us, Lord, to be truly children of light. To keep our eyes open, to be glad of all that you have done in our lives, or you continue to do in our lives, as we become children, fully and more fully resembling your only true Son, Jesus. Let us be light in this world. Let us see cracks, let us make those cracks deeper and longer and wider. So that light becomes so intense, illuminating darkness everywhere throughout this land. Your kingdom come, here on earth as in heaven. Come, Lord Jesus, Maranatha, Maranatha.